this evening for the next half an hour, I'm going to share with you what the Lord laid on my heart. Nothing else. I'm not going to add to it, and I'm not going to subtract for it, so I'm just going to make it brief. It is the Word of God. Um, the service so far has helped me a lot. The last um, hymn that was sung, Amazing Love, How Can It Be? That you, my God, would die for me. A great hymn. But one part of it said, in all I do, I'll honor you. I wonder if we ask ourselves that question and we give the honest answer. And then a few of the testimonies spoke about love and spoke about how much love is being felt. And that's a, the deeper part of my devotion this evening, as I call it, for us to understand most of us who are here have that understanding. Your testimony have shown it, and I've known you all. Your fellowship have shown it. But we have a church of attendance of sometimes 200 or more folks, membership of over 150. But look how many of us is here. And would I say those who are here or here regularly on Wednesday evening are the ones who are in fellowship, are the ones who taste the love of God. So I'm going to talk about that, and I'm going to be coming to you from 1 John chapter 1. You can turn your Bibles there, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 to 7. I'll start off with those verses, 5 to 7, and I'll read as thus. Verse 5 said, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declared unto you, that God is light, and in him no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And not lay down, lie, lie, like telling a lie. And do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship, one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sins. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this evening. We ask you, Father, to remind us that your word is the bread of life. We ask that you will break it and distribute it to us tonight, Father. Give us a receptive heart that we can receive your word, we can partake of it, we can apply it to ourselves, and we can distribute it in our actions, in our thought, in our words, and in our deeds. So speak now to us, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to give you a brief introduction of what I want to talk about tonight. It will be Christian fellowship. Christian fellowship, if I should name a topic. Or we could say the love among the brethren. The true church of Jesus Christ is characterized by love among members. And bear with me here. When I talk about love, I'm not talking about social love. Because a lot of times we may say, oh, this church, Marian Oaks, is a church of love. And there is so much love. But sometimes we wonder, which one of the love are we talking about? Is it the social love or the love of God? Because there are two different types of love. As a matter of fact, um, the, the love of God, all two loves come from agape, philos, and eros. Agape is God's love. And I want to focus tonight not on just what some people may call puppy love 
or social love. I want to talk about the love of God. The one we sing about this evening, amazing love. The one that we sing said, the love of God is rich and it's pure and it's measureless and strong. That's the type of love. The love that we didn't born with. The love that our mother didn't give to us when we were a baby because she could not. Because she too was born in sin. I'm talking about the love of God that sent his son on the cross, crucified, buried, and rose from the dead. That is the type of love. And I think a lot of believers, our church members, is missing that type of love. And I believe the church today, universal on a whole, is missing that type of love. It's not there. And if we all here as believers in Jesus Christ know and experience that love, then you can agree it's not there. And I'm not coming to you from my own personal opinion. As I said, it's the word of God. On the night before his crucifixion, Jesus told his disciples, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so must you love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. John 13, verse 34. The Lord insisted that they love one another with brotherly love and recognize their interdependency. The church operating as Christ intended is a corporate body made up of many members, all with different talents and gifts that aid each other. The camaraderie, the camaraderie among many groups of people must have at least one thing one denomination in common, must have one common denominator. For instance, during the Christmas season, the same people might attend several different parties, each based on a mutual element. Employees of the same company, members of the Sunday school class, members of fraternal or social organization, people come together from, from many backgrounds, and they share one thing in common that brings them together. For the Lord's disciple, there were many factors that draw them together. They spent three years walking with Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry. Their mutual cowardness at his crucifixion, their fear of the religious leaders, their being together will appear to them after the resurrection and his breathing life into them through the Holy Spirit. His commission to them just before the ascension it is in filling them with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and the persecution they all endured. They all have these things in common. They did not separate themselves from each other. There was much to bind them together in love and responsibilities towards one another. The shared elements uniting church over the centuries remain the same, which is stated in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that we also may have fellowship with, and truly our fellowship is with the Father. That's the first priority. And with the Son, Jesus Christ. Every true Christian has found fellowship with the Father through a living relationship with Jesus Christ. We cannot have lasting spiritual fellowship with one another as believers unless we have true fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's impossible to do that because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
is he who's going to breathe that life and that love and that relationship within us. It has recently been shown that there really is nearly no church growth in the United States. I have done a lot of track and a lot of search on that, and that has been one of the burden on my heart for over a year or more now, that the church is not really growing. The church is not really fellowshipping together in oneness. The oneness is not there. They are getting, some churches maybe getting larger and gaining more people from other congregations. And that is not really a growing church. That's what you call transfer growth. People move from one church, come to the other. Or numbers remain the same. And some leave. Why this happen? Well, I want to tell you, undoubtedly, the reason why it happens and people will leave from church to church is the lack of the godly love. We could say and all we want to say. Oh, we have love here and love is... The... But if you look at some of the organizations in the world that don't know God, they are experiencing the same type of love too. As they fellowship in different community meetings and different functions and different um, type of fellowship. But the love that we're supposed to demonstrate and the love that we get is the love of God. No one tastes of the true love of the Lord Jesus Christ that walk away. No one. Because it binds us together as one. It unites us together as one. And so we, 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 we have what we call, there's a little evangelism that takes place. For people to leave one church body and join another indicates a lack of love and fellowship in the church they leave. In addition, if there is little evangelism in the world, we have to conclude that the world is seeing very little love within the church of Jesus Christ. What did Jesus say would unite believers? Here he goes, John 1 John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye love one another. It has been said that the destruction of the American family was, um, could not be traced to the government schools or politics or video games or a central heating, but to central heating system. That, that came out of a magazine that was written in April 1990, Talk Tabletop Magazine. Family has to be warm together before or they freeze alone. The church has been victim of the same destruction. Saints, we have become an island to ourselves at times. Church don't want to unite. Church don't want to fellowship. Church don't want to have one thing in common. You remember, the Bible tells us that the day of Pentecost, when the, the preacher came up and all the disciples preached and the Holy Ghost came down and moved among people, one of the things they said, the Lord added to the church souls that would be saved, over 3,000 souls. But they had one thing in common. And they were in one accord. And it was a Tahonda accord. They had one thing in common, one mind, one focus, one thought. Why? Because it's one spirit and love, the love of God. True fellowship in the church of our Lord is dependent on three things that I'd like to share with you right now. Three things. One, an illumination in each other's hearts of the true God and the word of God. All members must come to the divine illumination that God loves them and that they are God's children. We have to come to the total realization that God loves us and we are his children. 
Not just a simple love when we pass and hug somebody and say, I love you. That's not that type of love. We could greet everybody and form a long line in the front of the church on a Sunday morning. And everybody come, we give them a big hug and say, I love you. That doesn't define God's love. That can be social love. Because if you hug somebody and they tell you that they love you, and you tell them that they love them, and one of them is not a child of God, that's not God's love. That's the love of the world. Okay? Um, all members must come to that illumination. In other words, a true relationship with the Lord proceeds spiritually, fellowship with others in the church. Relationship with Jesus Christ. Fellowship with Jesus Christ. A part of Jesus Christ brings down the fellowship with believers, your brothers and sisters. And that, that love is unconditional. It's not about whether I like you, how you look, or your color, or your attitude, or anything at all. It's about the real love of God. That you love your brother and our sister through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we think about what he has done for us. And you see, when we know and understand the price Jesus Christ paid for us. And we realize that we did not deserve it. We could not earn it. And every day we can go to him and say, Lord, I repent, I'm sorry. And he loves us just the same. That is the love that must penetrate our hearts. You do me something, that is wrong. I must love you whether I like it or not. It's unconditional. I must fellowship with you. You know, one of the things is lacking to is Christian fellowship, and that's the topic. But before I go there, a true relationship with the Lord precedes spiritual fellowship with others in the church. And then secondly, an outward extension of the love towards others. Because the members are experiencing and reveling in God's love for them individually, they can and must extend the love to each other. This love would cause them to lift up Jesus Christ everywhere. As John said in his passage in John chapter 12, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. The true church is never wrapped up in itself. A true believer is never wrapped up in ourselves and think, oh, I am the hot one or I'm the hottest around here and what I do, it's okay because it's me and that's how I do this or that's how I do that. No, that's selfishness. It is always looking outward to with others to Christ by her attitude or behavior and her characteristics. And thirdly, a regular renewal through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives life. Without that life-giving force, a church will slip away into a deadless life. At this point, fellowship is purely on a social level. Social gathering, friendly gathering. But there is no life. There is not the life of God in that fellowship. And so we understand that what we need is to focus on how can we get there? How can we differentiate the social love or the selective love and live out that true love of Jesus Christ that others may see and know that we are children of God and we can demonstrate that attitude and behavior. Elder John spoke about 
his nine years with Lowe's. And they commend him because of his character, because of his attitude towards work, because of his attitude, because Christ in him motivated him and gave him favor. So it's the life we live that must speak for us. And so the only way we can achieve that accomplishment, saints of God, is to be is through obedience to the word of God. This then is the message I just read, which we have heard of him and declared unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness. You see, after reading this portion of scripture, we might want to ask ourselves, do we have true Christian fellowship? Do we show concern for our fellow believers in the body of Christ? Testimony came out. We heard how we prayed for our brother, how our sister can shed tears with gratitude that she can depend on the church and the testimonies we receive. But those of us here receive it and know it and know where it comes from and who it comes through. But what about the rest? Are they hearing those testimonies that they can say, okay, I want to be a part of this? And the reason why that is not happening because of the lack of fellowship. We choose who we want to fellowship with, and that is wrong. We should be able to fellowship one with the other. The disciples fellowship together. All the believers fellowship together. 3,000 souls break bread and they have everything in common. That's what Jesus Christ speaks about. If we can't answer yes to these questions, then we are apparently deceiving ourselves about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7 said, it indicates that fellowship with others is a direct result of walking in God's light. We have to be walking in the light, not in darkness. If we cannot have fellowship with just about any one of our brothers and sisters in Christ, then we are walking in darkness or we are slipping out in darkness. And when we slipping out in darkness, we can know if we are a child of God. Many years ago, I got saved, and many times I slip out in darkness. But the moment I get in darkness and I see the light, the light grabs me and I'm back in the light. Because, you see, we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. None of us is perfect. And every one of us sometimes, whether in thoughts, in words, or deed, slip in the darkness. But by the grace of God, we don't stay there. We get out. And we arm ourselves and we go forward. You see, so we have to, to, to realize that we need to look in the mirror every day. When we get up and going out there and talk to the Lord, we have to do that. The world is hunger for righteousness. The world is hunger for a church that can shine true light to the hearts of believers, not selfishness, not criticism. You know, I, 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 I applaud um, Pastor John on Sunday when she added a little tidbit to the sermon on Sunday talk about the behavior and attitude of some believers. We have to focus on our love one for the other. Love doesn't carry grudge. Love doesn't um, be, um, gossip. Love doesn't tell lies on one another. Love is not, you know it all. You know it all. Fellowship. Fellowship simply means sharing things in common with others. The word was has strong spiritual connotation, which can be both positive and negative. Fellowship 
can be positive and can be negative. So let's look at the positive fellowship first. Positive fellowship. We have fellowship with the Father and the Son. That's a positive way. That's where the fellowship began. The fellowship with God. We come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And we share fellowship with him. That they may know, Jesus said, in John chapter 17, is his high priestly prayer in verse 21. He said, that they may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. We also share fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Think about who we are. Think about who we are as believers. We are a special people. We belong to a royal priesthood. We are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are priests and kings unto God. Hallelujah. And when you break it down, we are a friend of God. So we got to know who we are. When we get up in the morning and look into that mirror, we're supposed to see a friend of God. We're supposed to see a king or a queen or a priest unto God. We're supposed to see that royal priesthood unto Jesus Christ. So when we go through the door, we walk in that authority. That's what God wants of us. To emulate him. It's Christ in us, not the world in us. That's a positive thing. Um, If there be any comfort, Paul to the Philippians... If there be any comfort and consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. So if I'm telling you about love and you accept it, how can you go down somewhere and say, you know something, I don't, I don't even like Brother Lynn. That's not love, you're a liar. Plain and simple. Because if you know that you love somebody, you will demonstrate that love. And it's the love of God. The human love, the eros love, or the, the, the filious love cannot stop agape love. Because that's the love of God. The love of God supersedes and destroys everything. The love of God is to light and dislike and hate as light is to darkness. That's the power of love. It's that love that Jesus Christ came down from. What believers share in common relationship based on the Holy Spirit indwelling in each other? Those who have fellowship with Christ should enjoy fellowship with other believers. So therefore, if you can't fellowship with a brother and a sister, you have no fellowship with Christ. And if you say you have a fellowship with Christ, the word of God said you're a liar. That's hard and that's tough. But you know, I've always said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to compromise it. What the word said is what I say. And if somebody don't like it, well, tough luck. Go to the word or go to God. All right? Those who have fellowship with Christ should enjoy fellowship with other believers. This fellowship ought to illustrate the very nature of God himself. Think about that. You know, one of the things I thought about, I was praying and asked the Lord how to share this message. <clears throat> it came to my mind that a couple months ago, you'll remember that there was this program 
that was started by, I think, Pastor John and some folks, where we have host fellowship. That you, yeah, guess who is coming to dinner? You have hosts that you can sign up who is willing to host somebody and who is willing to go there. And it has been somehow abandoned because nobody signed up. Because nobody wants to have fellowship. So where's the love? If believers are committed to love and fellowship, they should be the first one to put their name down. Because I want to share this love. I want to know somebody. But then it came to me. I said, what are some of the reasons why people don't want to share this love or this fellowship? Well, maybe they think their house is too clean and we're going to dirty it up. Well, that wouldn't be love. Or they think their house is not clean enough and they don't want to invite anybody. That still wouldn't be love because maybe we could help and clean them up because we'll share some love there. Or maybe they are not sure. We can't be like that. That's not what the Bible teaches. We must have all things in common. We should be able to open our doors anytime for a brother and a sister because that is love. Because you're not going to, if you're planning to go to heaven and if you end up going to heaven, you're not going to be in a little corner in Loreland. We are all going to be together around God's throne. When we can live like that, that will show the world that we are. Because you see, when you have a group come by and, um, and you want to host a dinner, for example, you might know that five brethren coming from the church. But it would be a good idea to invite your neighbor. One of your two or your neighbor to come together because they'll see that love. That's visible, that touching, that feeling, that talking. These are my brethren from the church. They see how we live. They see how we communicate. It's sharing. It's evangelism in practice. Too much of the status quo. Do things the same old way, same old way, and we brag about, but at the same time, we are not growing. Doesn't help. And so... Believers should have fellowship which demonstrate the nature of God. And that's about the positive, but there are some negative. In the negative sense, we are not to have fellowship with unbelievers. You know, this is a tough one, but I insist that I'm going to spray. We should not have fellowship with unbelievers. That's what the Bible teaches. Because light and darkness does not work. It doesn't mean that you should abandon them or you don't talk to unbelievers. Simply means we should not share their ungodly lifestyle. It doesn't mean we should not avoid them. Second Corinthians 7, 9 said, Come out from among them and be separated. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash them white as snow. And this was a, a, a verse taken by Paul from... I uh, think um, the book of Isaiah. We have to realize that we cannot live with or shock up with an unbeliever and say we are a child of God. We are obligated to share the gospel with them. God is light. The opposite of light is darkness. God's light provides us a candle by which we walk through the darkness of life. And since he is light, he exposes anything that lurks in darkness. Sin cannot continue where there is light. Thus, if we have a relationship with the Lord, he is constantly exposing areas of darkness in our lives. And all of us from time to time will find some areas of darkness when we read and we examine ourselves. 
And because I, 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 I am a testimony to that, I, I am not one of those hypocrites to think that I stay safe and I am born safe or something like that. I know that we all have witnesses. If you think of every believer that is in the Bible, they all fail, but they go back to God. One of the greatest men of God's own heart is David. Think about him. But she, we should not stay down in the pig pen when we find ourselves there. Get up and go. Don't live out. You, you, you can imagine, you have some people, they're ready to invite ungodly people in their house, or unbelievers in their house, but they would never ask or invite a brother or sister to come home for a cup of coffee. That one is a liar too. Um, if we have a real relationship with God, he's constantly exposing ears of darkness. To maintain our relationship with him, we must put aside anything that he exposes. If we don't, we are living a lie in claiming a relationship with him. Such hypocrisy will ultimately be exposed. Verse 3 of chapter 2, where I'm going to be closing on, says, And hereby we do know that we know God if we keep his commandments. That's the obedience I'm talking about, is to keep his commandments. He that said, I know him, and keep it not his commandment, is a liar. And the truth is not in him, is a liar. I didn't say it, because I don't know when you lie from when you don't lie, but God knows, so he said. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know ye that we are in him. Verse 6 said, He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he has walked. Saints of God, there are no need. There was no need to forsake sin by some anti-nationalisms, whatever they call them, because they believe that everything was covered by the blood of Jesus, aligned with the apostates were the Gnostics who boasted of great spiritual knowledge, yet though nothing of disobeying the laws of God. In other words, the salvation relationship with Christ overwhelmed any need for obedience to his commandment. That's what the Gnostics believe and the ungodly. But a true believer must have imprinted in his heart a desire to obey every word of Christ. A careful consciousness, obedience to his command, shows that the apprehension and knowledge of these things are graciously impressed upon our souls, saints. A true believer will strive with all to obey the will of Christ. Verse 4 shows the very opposite of sincere believer. Those who disobey Christ will, and claiming a relationship with him are nothing but liars. And the truth is not in them. The attempt to justify true faith in Jesus Christ without commitment to follow Jesus Christ is doomed to failures. We are on a pathway. The Lord is coming sooner than we expect. He's pretty close. There are souls to be saved. We don't have to be able to go out there and preach like Paul. We don't have to necessarily go out there and hand out tracks and talk to people at the roadside. But the fellowship with our brothers and sisters is of paramount importance. Because this is what the Lord said, by our living and our relationship, the world will know. The things we say behind our brothers and sisters' back, 
the things we do, the life we live, the company we keep. I have learned that over the years as a believer. I have seen failures in my part, and I thank God for the experiences because some of them I go in, like, like um, uh, the Apostle Paul said, what he did in time past was through ignorance, the lack of knowledge. We all go through those phases. Sometimes we don't know that the fire is hot till when we touch the coal and we get burned. But once you do it and you get burned, get out of it and run. Run for cover. Run to Jesus Christ. We as believers must recognize that we are not perfect yet. We are only perfected in Jesus Christ because of his righteousness. We have to get out of the darkness. Let go of ungodly lifestyle that we may have fellowship with the brethren. Find a brother and a sister to encourage and to strengthen in the things of God. Not to gossip. Not to give a hug or give a kiss. That's not true Christianity. The Bible said we should greet one another with a kiss. Yes, but there are more to it. We have to spend time. And one of the key elements that you can go home and read in the book of Acts, um, when Peter was under pressure with the Sanhedrin and they decided to lock them up and throw them in jail, they went together and they unite themselves together and pray. Those of us that are here tonight, you are here because you have a hunger and desire for Jesus Christ. This same group of people would make a very powerful prayer group. Because every Wednesday night you are here. Because you are here because like the word of God said, Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We need to unite our hearts together and to seek God. Because when the disciples were in trouble, they prayed. And they asked God for power. They asked God for boldness to declare the word. They declared the word in great boldness. Souls were saved. Miracles were created. The first thing that happened out of that prayer was the healing of a lame man. And when he was healed, the people saw it. And they turned to Jesus Christ and the gospel spread. Jesus promised that when he go, he will send his spirit. And he said, greater things shall you do when I go to my father. And when I go to my father, you'll do greater things. Are we doing greater things or are we doing less things? I think we are doing much less. But God never changed. He never lied. So the problem is, we're not, is not with God. The problem with us, we got to seek him with all our heart. We got to fellowship. We got to encourage one another to pray constantly without ceasing. Unite our hearts together. Demonstrate that love. Call a brother or sister. Can, can you come over for dinner this evening? Or can I come over for dinner? Sometimes we got to invite ourselves over. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I love to go out. I, I love to entertain. And I have always said anybody can come to my house anytime. But just don't come before 10 o'clock. I'm, I'm sorry. Just don't come before 10 p.m. Or come before 10 p.m. Come on now. Because after 10 p.m. I don't even want to answer my phone. Because I go to bed when I don't have any visitor. I go to bed like the chickens, you know. I go to roost at uh, 8 o'clock or so. But I get up like 3, 4 in the morning. But I'm, I'm just saying to this, saints of God, we need greater fellowship among the believers in Christ. Because that's where it all started. If we have such great fellowship with God, 
if we love him so much, if we trust him, if we can testify to some of the good things that he has done for us, we have all that it takes to demonstrate God's power, God's spirit, God's love, that fellowship. Let's not fool ourselves, man. If we know God, do something. Don't sit back with a little falling of the hands and a little relaxing and everything. Do something, especially those of us who are retired. See, brother, brother John retired the second time. Now, now his work is going to start. <laughs> and we all, gonna, we, we, we all have to do something. Find a place in the body of Christ. We all have the Spirit of God if we are children of God. And every one of us has a gift given by the Spirit of God. Know your gift. Utilize it to God's glory. Ask him for, for, for direction. He will guide you with his eyes. And if you do that, you can find your little niche, your little snot in the body of Christ, and then we'll grow outwards. That's what we need. But we can't live in this church and, and be satisfied with the status quo. We've got to rise to a greater level and serve the King of Kings with love and with fellowship. Let us pray. Loving God and our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. I pray and I trust, Father, that I have done what you have asked me to do. I pray, God, that your word will reach the hearts of each one of us, Father. And I pray, God, that there will be a change in me first, an improvement in my life, that others may see you through me to see your love and my relationship with you. Bless and challenge every heart here tonight, Father, that we will go feasting upon your word and thinking and examining ourselves. Do we have fellowship with you? And if we do, can it be better? Speak to our hearts continually tonight, we pray, while we wait upon you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, saints.